For many years, we've been told that the slippery slope doesn't exist. Well, now we're sliding so far and fast down the slope that the wind is literally whipping me in the face right now. We'll talk about Texas's governor banning child mutilation, while cities in the Northeast and across the country are legalizing benefits for polyamorous relationships. And the 2024 race is about to really heat up. All of that today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. And welcome into the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Mitch Prosser, Justin Hall here with you. If you didn't catch our live reaction to the House vote on S474, go back and watch that. We'll be breaking that down more next week and in in the weeks to come. We're in conversations to have multiple representatives on the show next week to discuss a few speeches on the floor and the pro-life movement. We're also looking at some senators coming on as well after the vote next week to talk about the entire session as a whole along with the pro-life debate. And we'll have Representative Brandon Guffey in with us next week as well. So plenty of action coming. Plenty of folks who are going to be joining us on the show. First thing we want to talk about today, though, I mentioned off the top about the slippery slope argument. And and this is... and. You know, I've been hearing for years that the slippery slope argument isn't real, but we get to some good news first. This from Austin, Texas. Texas would become the largest state to ban gender-affirming care for minors in a bill sent Wednesday night to Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who has previously ordered child welfare officials to investigate such treatment as abuse. The bill cleared the uh, GOP legislature after a final vote in its Senate, and it's now poised to join at least 17 other states that have enacted similar bans. Texas is among a number of states where Republican lawmakers have given priority status this year to measures limiting the rights of transgender people. Shame. (laughs) ABC News. (laughs) Clear. Consistent. Biased. Transgender rights activists have disrupted the Texas House with protests from the chamber gallery, which, again, I'm just throwing it out there. I was told that was an insurrection. It's also led to state police forcing demonstrators to move outside the building. Earlier this month, a Texas hospital's care for transgender minors came under investigation by Attorney General Ken Paxton, who said he was seeking evidence of alleged potentially illegal activity. Well, Mm. in my opinion, chopping off the genitals of children and mutilating their bodies would categorize child abuse. Yeah. But kudos to Texas for taking a step. Hopefully we see that in... Champion of this, my friend, uh, she's also worked on uh, Save Women Sports in Texas, Valerie Swanson. I uh, got to work with her daughter on a presidential campaign several years ago. She's doing an incredible job in Texas. And i tell you what, um, we've got several people who are working on that kind of thing here in South Carolina. We're going to have more information about those people, what they're doing. We've already had some traction on those things. Mm-hmm. You can expect Palmetto family to continue to fight for those kinds of things to happen in South Carolina because – Listen, we don't need to be a state where uh, any type of sanctioned child abuse occurs. I, I, this is it's it's awful what's happening. Whether it's chemical, whether it's surgical, whether it's not happening at medical uh, facilities, state funded, private. It happened I don't, here. I don't it happened care. here. It happened here. Everyone raised 
heck about it. Yeah, is we that, talked about it here on the show at MUSC. Endocrine therapy. Yeah, endocrine therapy sure. for 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 minors and patients were as young as four. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, and so don't say it's not happening here because so it was. I, I, you know, there, there's this old antiquated notion that God. Well, okay, <laughs> we started with an antiquated notion there. You know, yeah, I'm just an old fogey, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, we, there's this old antiquated notion that God in his infinite wisdom created um two genders two genders interesting male and female and and that they are image bearers created in his likeness um, this seems patriarchal uh hege- hegemonic almost even yes um so i, I think it's Outdated. important i think it's important for us to you know stay focused stay focused fair on enough that. well while the slippery slope continues <laughs> it's 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 worse than a Playground slide in June. Ew. Metal, specifically. Metal, specifically. The plastic ones or the high, the high-grade plastic ones oh, are static electricity. I grew up on the metal. But the metal like ones. The sheet metal? Hurt. Oh, yeah. Like they're you could see You the could see of the, of the steam coming off yeah. of them after a rain. All right. So now we go from that to, do you remember, by the way, real quick, for those, again, I will repeat this line. For those who say it's not happening here, so we shouldn't have to ban it. Repeat the line. I would say... If it's not happening here, then you won't mind me banning it. No big deal. No big deal. But now we've gone quickly from it's not happening and it never will to it's happening and it's a good and virtuous thing that it is. And that includes polyamorous relationships. If you remember remember the push for the regulation and the normalization of homosexual marriage, it was, well, you shouldn't be concerned about what's happening in, in, in other people's bedrooms. And mm-hmm. what what I would say to that is marriage is the founding political union, right? Mm-hmm. That, your society is based on the marriage of male yeah, and female. Literally, literally. A society cannot continue to exist without uh, a, a birth rate. And, and Well, our birth rate is plummeting. And and just in case you had, I mean, I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts of this today. Or if you're with like your child that. and you haven't had this conversation... Um, Turn it off for just a second. Once again, not diving too deep into this, but it takes a man and a woman. Interesting. Wow. What about a transgender man? We're just going to like kind of beat this drum today. Yeah. Transgender man, um, which is a woman. Mm-mm. No. So, so here's the thing. No. Here's the thing. It still takes no a such, man and no, a woman. So, so I want to get to this point. There's no such thing as a transgender man. There's no such thing as a transgender no. woman. Those things do not exist. No. And, because and, you either are a man or a woman. Well, you're, and you're, we're going to get crawled exi- for this. You're denying the existence of people right No, out I'm of the not. You today. exist as either a man or a woman. You are not a. Tra- the, the fact that you have to put the qualifier as yeah, transgender yeah. is completely ridiculous. I'm a 1971 Diet Coke machine. That's what I identify as. Um, See, but now you're being ridiculous because nobody's going to identify as like animals or anything. Like cats? So, Slippery slope. Yeah, here we are. Polyamorous relationships. This is interesting. This is coming from a, the ABA Journal. The ABA. Burnley, who is openly polyamorous, seeks to reduce discrimination for those who practice polyamory or consensual non-monogamy. In March, he introduced and passed through the city council three anti-discrimination bills. you got to love those anti-discrimination bills. Yeah. Focused on protecting housing and employment rights for polyamorous people. See, this is where it starts. Listen. This is where it starts. I just want to be able to buy a house. I want to be able to visit my loved one in the hospital. Then get the hospital to change their rules. Don't change the rules for the entire city. Three's company was on the air in the 70s and 80s, okay? (laughs) Not 
I'm in Nakamoto. Stop. We've been... We've been waiting for you. (laughs) Oh, here we go. So sorry. We're off the rails already. We've been talking about this for some time, Justin. Sure. We've been talking about thruples, polyamory. Really, this is the, the, the whole... Polygamy 2.0. Well, we'll get to the differences. Well, oh, I'm they're sure they're going to outline the differences know, oh, absolutely, on the two. Because polygamy is like a Poly- religious thing. Poly- exactly. It's a religious cult Often thing. confused with polyamory, polygamy, which is the mm, marriage between more yeah. than two people, has a long, complicated history in America, particularly... Amongst Mormons. Among members of the Church of Latter-day Saints. I'm sorry, Specifically, LDS. the fundamentalist Ooh, the LDS. Well, Warren Jeffs, go take a hike. No one cares about you anymore. He anyways. can't take a hike. He's, He's in a in jail. sale. Uh, uh, traditionally, the, a practice yeah. that has involved men marrying multiple wives, polygamy has been prohibited nationwide since 1879. Then, When the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Reynolds versus the U.S. that polygamy is not a constitutionally protected religious practice. But now men can marry men, can marry men, can marry women, can marry women. Can Views marry. on the criminalization of polygamy have shifted, Mitch. Mostly oh. in 2020, when Utah passed a law reducing polygamy from a third-degree felony to an infraction, subject to a fine and community service. Anything to get you out of the house, I guess. Uh, those supporting decriminalization say the new law encourages women in abusive polygamous marriages to report crimes without fear of prosecution. Uh, then, those opposed to same-sex marriage have long made the slippery slope argument, Mitch, mm, yes. implying that legal recognition of multi-partner relationships was around the corner. In his dissenting opinion in Obergefell, Chief Justice John Roberts speculated, why would there be any less dignity in the bond between three people who, in exercising their autonomy, seek to make the profound choice to marry? Addressing similar c- concerns, the 2022 Respect for Marriage Act which federally recognizes all same-sex and interracial marriages marriage, and completely doesn't do anything to respect marriage, included an amendment prohibiting polygamy or partnerships of more than two. But there is polyamory in practice, Mitch. Yeah, of course. There is polyamory in practice. Certain certain states are already turning a blind eye to the... Uh, and really, this what, is domestic partnerships. Yeah, this is civil unions. It, it, that's exactly what it is. And, and, and I've said this before. I think there's one... And, I'm about to get in some trouble, okay? I think there's one great social engineering TV show right now on on network TV and NBC looking at you. Um, I would say that America's Got Talent is one of those shows. It's a reality TV show. If you have never watched it, which I highly doubt. It used to be a great show. uh, Had some really good entertainment. Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel, looking at you, man. Um, So... But what happened... Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan. Uh, not American, but anyway. Um, now it's got a panel of four judges, and they, you know, Heidi these... The, it's a it's a glorified talent show, but there's re- some really incredible talent. A couple years ago, a young man-ish, I think, the brought... Fact that we questioned. Uh, actually, I don't think he was young. I think it was a couple guys dressed in drag, like full-blown crazy past RuPaul drag brought all of their students. Oh. Students. The kids that go to their dance studio on Those parents should be charged. So should the people run the dance studio. Yes. And I'm not even going to say the G word. I'll let you say groomer. Uh, Fair. Yikes. Ouch. Don't say wow. that too loud. Some presidential Careful. candidates might be against you. Um, then, a year later, and I was getting somewhere, long, long way around, by recovering Baptist preacher. Uh, a year or two later, we get this guy on, and I don't even remember his talent. He's 
who knows? Obviously who cares? not very talented. But he keeps looking off stage, like intentionally. Like he's staring at the judges, and then he looks over here. And finally, Simon's like, "Hey, buddy, what are you looking at?" And oh, maybe this even is so Heidi, planned. Oh, absolutely. It's like when Simon's like, ah, "Stop! I need you to sing another song." You know? No, this was planned. He looks and he says, I, I, "I just can't help but look at my beautiful wife and our partner." And it's these two women sitting three rows back, and there's a camera already on in their face. Amazing. Gee, I wonder if this was planned or set up. Of course it was, because we're conditioning, we're being conditioned, and mainstream media, drive-by, legacy, whatever you want to call them, the world, the culture, is training you to believe it's no big deal. One more. Last night. We're catching up on our um, uh, masked singer. We have a son who loves the masked singer. You can barely watch it anymore because, you know, it's crazy. During the commercials, I would suggest that the target audience for the masked singer is probably young, you know, <clears throat> yeah, children maybe. who are like, oh, that's cool. Or people that want to get in touch with B actors from the 1970s that yes, aren't relevant. We haven't anymore. found them in a while yeah. and want to make sure they're alive. They are showing HIV medication commercials during during the mass singer semifinals and i'm thinking because one of my sons is like hiv what is hiv i'm like oh hip it's and hip, my wife's son. like hip, it's hip son hit fast forward hip here we you are have, you it's haven't watched enough you haven't watched enough hulu if you watch hulu the commercials worse. on hulu are so woke it's bad oh. one final thing on this before we move quickly to the attorney general's <laughs> quickly, office here in hurry. south carolina burnley Back to this man, Burnley, in, in uh, Somerville, Massachusetts. Burnley was in a multi-partner relationship when they passed that first-in-the-nation ordinance in 2020, expanding domestic partnerships to relationships with more than two people. After Somerville, two other Boston suburbs, Cambridge and Arlington, also extended to polyamorous people. Burnley says, quote, I was amazed and a little shocked. It was one of the proudest moments I've had about our government. Burnley hopes these, his bills encourage people in non-traditional relationships to register for domestic partnerships and to be more open about their status without fear or retaliation. The expanded domestic partnerships don't feature all the legal benefits of marriage, but they do include hospital visitation rights and shared employment benefits. A 2014 Chapman University study found that between 4 and 5% of people in the U.S. are involved in consensually non-monogamous relationships. An estimated uh, 2021 Frontiers in Psychology study estimated that the one in nine that one in nine Americans have practiced it at some point in their lives. Is that real? Is that real? Or are people say? I got to be careful because they're probably counting some indiscretionary moments that they shouldn't have had. Is that being considered well, polyamorous? Well, and I'll say this too: what we're doing is we're flipping everything that used to be taboo. We're turning the culture on its head. It, this is truly cultural shift. We're taking what used to be taboo. Oh, this idea, you know, what, whatever, uh, you know, and now it's normalized. It's it's just part, listen, Justin, you're you're so far behind the learning curve here. You Probably don't even, you don't even know what's happening. Well, and you let don't. me tell you, overnight you won't know what's happening either. Uh, a paper co-authored by Kimberly Roten in the winter 2021 issue of Cornell Journal of Law and Public Policy, paging Andrew Bernard, counters the notion that polyamorous people are unable to meet best interests of the child standards. It references a number of lower court cases against polyamorous parents that were reversed on appeal, including a 2015 case in which the Court of Appeals 
of Georgia. Here we are. Overturned a lower court ruling that withheld a mother's custody because she was polyamorous. The appeals court found no evidence that the children were harmed by their mother's polyamory. Well, that may not. That may, well, you might not find they're harmed, but the Uniform Law Commission, a nonprofit advocacy group, urges the passing of the 2017 Uniform Parentage Act in all 50 states, which provides an opening to redefine parent-child relationships. Changes center around the definition of de facto parents as contributors to the best interest of a child open the door for additional non-biological or non-legal parents so long as they reside with the child. Serve as caretaker and have an established and bonded and dependent parent-child relationship with at least one legal parent's approval. Six states, including California, Maine, Connecticut, and Washington, have passed versions of this act, which includes children of same-sex couples, in its definition. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I just want to let you in a little secret. While the same government and same federal liberal elite apparatus is seeking to take your children away from you because, you know, you love God and you have traditional but they, values. But they are but, but they, if you do that you're a white Christo fascist national, national supremacist sup- that wants to overthrow the government. Yes. And and as we talked about last and week. And if you're an African American, you're still a white Christo fascist. If national. you're Latino, you're also a white supremacist. Okay. Because you're giving in to the white supremacist the narrative. Yes. That's the second time I've used that today. So while they're trying to take your children away from you, literally, in states across the country. <laughs> Washington, paging Washington. At the same time, they are making it okay for people to have multiple partners in the same household where one of the people is not a legal parent or guardian of the child, but still has parental rights over the child. You should go look up the statistics on step-parent abuse. We're just going to... Th- we're blowing things out of the water, yeah. and soon it's going to be too far away. Yeah. Now, really quickly, during the debate of House or of Senate Bill four seven four, yeah, I we were sent a note by the Attorney General's office that they have sent a letter to Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona. By the way, if you would like to know, the Department of Education is located on Maryland Avenue in Washington D.C. This is a letter signed by. Attorney General Alan Wilson, State Superintendent of Education Ellen Weaver, Senate President Thomas Alexander, Speaker Merle Smith, Chair of the House Education and Public Works Committee Shannon Erickson, and Chair of the Senate Education Committee Greg Hembry. It has to do with the Biden administration's proposed rule conflicting with Title IX. An initial matter, we have serious legal concerns about the proposed rule. Perhaps most significantly, we think it conflicts with Title IX itself, which guarantees women an equal opportunity to participate in sports. As South Carolina elected officials, we now write separately to draw attention to Title IX's positive impact on women's sports in South Carolina. The proposed rule would undermine five decades of hard-fought progress. This rule, by the way, would be allowing men to play in women's sports. Women's sports are now thriving in South Carolina. In recent years, the the South Carolina Gamecocks women's basketball team has won two NCAA championships and seven SEC tournament titles. Hasn't stopped there. Never mind. Just weeks ago, the Clemson Tigers women's golf team won its first ever ACC championship. Likewise, the Furman Paladins and the Charleston Cougars women's golf team recently won their respective state conference championships. And South Carolina citizens in the world are taking notice. Gamecock women's basketball will be playing uh, against Notre Dame in Paris, France, First time an NCAA regular season basketball game has been played on Parisian soil. 
but the success continues throughout multiple levels. Critically, these outcomes are dependent on women's and girls' ability to play and compete on teams that are limited to their own biological sex. No kidding. This is not about being against anyone. I'm reading parts of this now. But about being for fairness, safety, and biological reality. Every child must be treated with understanding and kindness, but we must not jeopardize the safety and well-being of women and girls in order to pursue a radical theoretical agenda with no basis in biological reality. The proposed rule conflates gender identity with biological sex, and in doing so, eviscerates and silences the, vo the voice of South Carolina voters who have spoken clearly through their de democratically elected representatives. The department seeks to accomplish this redefinition of terms by regulatory fiat and an exercise of power reserved for the United States Congress. Our state motto is Dumb Spiro Spero, which while means, I breathe, while I, I breathe, hope. I hope. South Carolina women and girls have accomplished much in the past 50 years, and this instills hope in the lives of young women across our state, and we know that they can excel even further. We respectfully ask that you set aside political posturing and not stand in their way. It's not about, it's not about fairness. It's never been about fairness. It's about pushing an agenda. That's it's right. always about pushing an agenda. Down your throat, whether and again, you like it or not. I want to make the point. I want to make the point, because I'm seeing a lot of this across Christian circles right now. Talking about, we don't need to talk about politics. It's no longer about politics. It's never we're been not about sitting, politics. We're not, sitting, we're not sitting at a table discussing tax policy. We're not sitting at a table discussing whether or not we should engage in a war in a foreign country. That's not politics. What tax policy is not politics. What we're talking about is things that they have turned into politics. Yep. Simply put, whether or not you should be able to kill your child has never been a political issue until now. It's a religious issue. It's a religious issue. It's a faith issue. It, it's a moral issue. Mutilating children has never been a political issue. It's a moral issue. Keep going. Forcing, Keep going. Forcing young girls to be in the locker room at high school with a high school boy. High school? Who has school? all of the anatomical necessities to be a boy. Yeah. And they're in the same locker room with high school girls. That's not a political issue. Yeah, it's a moral issue. Libraries and schools peddling books containing pornography to children is not a political issue. Oh, you get the point. None of this is political. And if you and if you cede the ground and you refuse to talk about deeply religious and moral issues, you will lose your country and you will lose your family. You'll wake up and you'll say, "What in the world happened?" And while you were sleeping, while you were lulled to sleep, sleep. by the people I telling you... I need you to be awake, not woke. Listen, these... <laughs> all right. These aren't, these aren't moral issues. They're political issues. Stay They're not. Out of it. Everything's going to be okay. We're rocking you to sleep. And before you know it, your church, your family... Your church is shut down. Wait. Is it 2020 again? Your pastor's been thrown in jail. Uh, I remember that? Remember that? Oh, Canada. Uh, here. California? Here, we had local municipalities oh, trying yeah. to seize sermon notes yeah. from pastors. Yeah, absolutely. In, yeah, here, yeah. Anyway. We're, we're here. We're here. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. Yep. As long as, if I have to charge the gates of hell with a water pistol, water as pistol. you said yesterday, I'll yeah. do it. And, and, and Christians need to stop being mealy-mouthed and actually stand for... Christian values again and stand for morality because if we don't as I said you'll lose your family more most importantly you'll lose your family a little less important you'll lose your country this from the New York Times we wrap up today with a little 2024 talk and I think this is going to be a really good discussion um, we we have been accused of being overtly negative toward the former president I'm not overtly negative toward the former president I listen to what he says and then I react you quote what he says <laughs> I quote him and then I talk about it. 
But we know that they're, the, the race is heating up. Uh, we expect Senator Tim Scott to announce his campaign officially. He's done exploring the exploratory. Monday? He's done exploring the exploratory. He's going to announce on Monday. Uh, Chris Sununu is going to run. He's going to announce soon. Mike Pence is going to announce soon. The governor of North Dakota, not Christ. Christy Nome. She's South Dakota. The governor of North Dakota is saying he's going to run for president. You can't boy, even name who the boy, governor name of North Dakota is. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're both stuck. Hold on. So, I'm going to continue on. You already have Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, and several others who are running in the Republican primary. Doug, Doug Burgum. Burgum. Doug Burgum. Thank he has goodness. He's a forgettable, a forgettable name and a forgettable face. He's a good-looking dude. And there's but... one other person that's going to announce he's running next week. Wait, hold on. Never back down? Governor. Yeah. Okay, they're texting me a lot. All don't, right, so. Back New York Trump. Uh, New York Trump. New York Times. <laughs> no, that's Florida. Gosh. You, Mr. Earworm. Uh, this piece written by Maggie Haberman, Jonathan Swan, and Nicholas Nehemas. New York Times. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida all but declared his presidential candidacy on Thursday afternoon, telling donors and supporters on a call that only three credible candidates were in the race and that only he would be able to win both the primary and the general election. This is a quote from that phone call. Quote, you have basically three people at this point that are credible in this whole thing, DeSantis told donors on the call, organized by the Super PAC supporting him. Never back down. Don't do it. Quote, Biden... Trump and me. And I think of those three, two have a chance to get elected president, Biden and me. Based on all the data in the swing states, which is not great for the former president and probably insurmountable because people aren't going to change their view of him. Now, Mitch, I know when we talked about this quote originally, you had a bit of a qualm with what he said. Oh, yeah. I think it's terrible political strategy. Uh, two reasons. Uh, you always... You have to create a sense of urgency for why people need to choose you. So in this case, I think what he's doing is he's saying, I'm in the big leagues. I, you know, I'm not even in the race yet, but I'm in the big leagues, and you need to know that there's really only a couple people that have a chance at winning this thing. Now, if he said there's two people that have a chance or there's three viable Republican candidates for president or something like that, I get it. I'm in the big leagues. That's number one. The second thing I have a problem, and I don't really have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is the political strategy of giving your a future general opponent any air whatsoever at this point. Well, I think is I think the argument would be that he he will be the Democratic president, Democratic candidate, and an incumbent president, so he does have a shot at winning. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he could because he did win I, in twenty twenty. I mean, Daffy Duck has a shot at winning right now. I mean, everybody um, has a shot, but rip, some people in their Republican. Van, rip Van Winkle. If he wakes up in time, there you go. may have a shot at winning this the is, presidential This is the thing, though. Or this the presidential is, this is what he continues to do in the phone call, though, because at some point you're going to have to differentiate yourself from number 45. Uh, yes. And, and to be fair, the thing that is going to cripple Trump's candidacy, number one, is his weird view on abortion. Where he's attacking Where, candidates in for, the Republican Party from the left? Specifically, specifically this one. So, uh, going two sides here, but talking out of both sides of his uh, mm -hmm. of his mouth. Well, I helped. I was the one who overturned Roe. Only I could do it. Blah blah blah. And then on the other side, saying, "Well, a six week ban is kind of harsh." I mean, they, and 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 pro life voters think it's too harsh. Name me one pro life person that thinks a six week ban is too harsh. Really, go for it. That's the view of Planned Parenthood. That's right. I'm going to repeat that. The current leader in the Republican primary. 
literally said a six-week ban is too harsh. I will tell you that a spokesperson for Planned Parenthood on an interview spot that I was also a part of said that exact same thing. I'll leave that alone. Mr. DeSantis continued, quote, the corporate media wants Trump to be the nominee, adding that journalists, other candidates, and two presidents have targeted him with criticism. He then quoted a voter he talked with at an event in Iowa saying, quote, you know, Trump was somebody and we liked his policies, but we didn't like his values. And I think that was the argument that a lot of people had with yeah. Donald Trump, that a lot of people ended up voting for Trump because Mike Pence was on that ticket as well. Yeah. And we, with you, DeSantis, we like your policies, but we also know that you share our values. DeSantis then went on. It, by the way, he strayed away. He did not talk about any of the cultural issues that he's so strong on that people really like him for this is this is key he's now talking about his ability to govern mr desantis suggested that mr trump had leaned too heavily on executive action instead of helping push measures through congress and pointed to his own work during legislative sessions in florida as a contrast certainly in the trump administration quote there wasn't that emphasis on curtailing spending that there was during the tea party era he said the comment being notable given that what last week Trump argued at a CNN town hall event for letting the country default on the debt ceiling. And uh, obviously, as of right now, House Republicans and, and Mr. Biden are still in a in a deadlock. At another point, DeSantis was blunt, saying, quote, I think the voters want to move on from Biden. They just want a vehicle they can get behind. But there's just too many voters that don't view Trump as that vehicle. Here's the thing. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I, I'm not piling on the former president. I'm just saying that the former president did lose the election in 2020. So here's here's the key. Here's the key. Yeah, he, yes, whether you whether you believe it was rigged, whether you believe there was fraud, whether you believe it was totally messed up, he lost. We we have to flush that. He lost. You can't. You're not going to win 2024 talking about 2020. Correct. And you won't win 2022 talking about 2020. Ooh. And you won't win yeah. 2020. Talking about, yeah. So, All right. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Donald Trump won in 2016. Yeah. And he did that, as yeah. we see with the Durham report, against all odds. Mm -hmm. Because literally, the current that the president at the time, the vice president at the time, who's now the president, the leading Democratic candidate, the FBI, and the CIA, all, all of them made up, fabricated a story, and then disseminated it as news and fact... And tried to upend not only his candidacy, but his entire administration and his entire term as president. Yeah. That is truth. Yeah. That is according to the Durham report, and the FBI does not disagree with it. So he yeah. won. So he won. Yeah. But then what happened in 2020? He lost support. Yeah. Now, in 2024, it's on him. If he wants to be president, he has to flip the people who were for him and left him to come back to him. They'd have to change their mind twice, Mitch. Yeah. That's that's hard to yeah, do. Yeah, and, and it's hard to say that he lost support in 2020. I'll say well, this: the numbers among I, suburban women say he did. Uh, yes, in certain demographic categories, I believe he did lose support. If you look at the year over year between 2016 and 2020, and I'd have to go do the research year over year on how many votes he got. In both, right. Both uh, more people, and and this is what more a lot people, of people voted for him in 2020 than 2016. It, this is what most people find hard to believe, which leads them to, them to some sort of conclusion, whether right. accurate or not, that the, the election, there was fraud, whatever. More people voted for Joe Biden as president of the United, for president of the United mm -hmm. States 
than any other candidate in the history of American electoral yeah, politics. The personal embodiment of Mel Batoast, yes. So that's, but you've got a lot of people who were in the middle, whatever the percentage is, you've yep. got a lot of people who were in the middle who sided with the left at the last minute, whether it was because of COVID, whether it was because of incendiary remarks made by either whether, that they liked or whether disliked. Whether they got three ballots in their mailbox like I did. Whether they ballot harvested in certain states. Well, now, I will, now I will tell you this. Pennsylvania completely changed their voting laws. Yes, several against, states Against did. their state constitution. Several states. So did. in that way, you would there might not have been fraud, but there was certainly a... A tenuous election. Right. I won't say rigged, what, but tenuous. Whatever the case is, he has certainly, he has certainly, and, and you email me, Mitch at Palmetto Family Daughter. <laughs> they have. He has certainly lost, and, and I'm, not, I'm not giving you my bias. No. It's true, he has lost support in the last two years. Correct. No, outside of Ohio, no major statewide candidate that Donald Trump supported, endorsed. None of them won outside of Ohio. In fact... In fact, he flipped that endorsement. Many. And and J.D. Vance... Going to be a good senator. Good senator. Many of the people that President Trump actively opposed... One by record numbers. See, yeah. see one specific Georgia governor's race. Yeah, that's interesting because he lost that Georgia uh, general election vote, and then Brian Kemp won by like eighteen points. He did win. He did win some congressional races. I think SC seven seven. Uh, but he did not uh, win. He did not win the first. I have to say this, and I I love, I'll say it this way. Russell Fry was going to win that election whether Donald Trump endorsed him or not. It helped. It helped? Given but, the opponent. But what the Trump campaign, the Trump team did, and I'm not even saying Donald Trump did this. The Trump team looked across the landscape of America and said, okay, SC7, it's ripe for a new leader. It's ripe for a new representative. Now, whether Tom Rice's vote for impeachment had anything to do with that it had or not, everything to do with wink, that. Wink, wink, nod, nod. They the swooped in on that, that yeah. and said, "Tom Rice's favorable numbers are not high. While he can raise a lot of money, we can come in and help raise more money for who we like." The seventh was right for a new representative, and thank goodness, Russell Fry's there. He, he's a, he's a great congressman, great person, great person. And and I yeah I'll say it. he's a great friend yeah he's a, I I I enjoy a friendship with Russell Fry, but I don't think that Russell Fry won galloping in on the Trump horse. I think he won on being a hard worker, a, a hustler, and and got out and outworked everyone else in that sure election. I think I think the big thing for for 2024 because I, I do I do agree with Governor DeSantis and that there are only a handful of people that are really gonna have a have a shot at winning this thing part of it has to do with raising money yes 
Part of it has to do with being able to communicate with voters. I think I think the the advantage that Ron DeSantis has is he's still governing. Yes. And for the last two years, he has evidence of governing. Winning. He has evidence of winning. He has evidence of flipping an entire state from purple to red. His influence in Florida flipped Florida from purple to red. Someone else's influence in Georgia has flipped Georgia from red to purple. And maybe even slightly blue. I mean, Georgia has two Democratic senators right now. Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff. January the 5th. So, and this is not us coming out in support of one candidate or another. No. I believe we I believe we, we really need, and we don't. We don't endorse candidates. We're not candidates. making an endorsement. We don't endorse candidates. Period. We're having the conversation. These, these are conversations that have to be had. Poll numbers show that Donald Trump is leading in the polls yeah. by a gazillion right yeah, now. Yeah, he's ahead by double The digits. same people who said don't believe the polling in 2016 when he was trailing Hillary Clinton should not believe the polling in 2023 right now we haven't even had a debate yet let's get to the debate stage first rcp average has trump up um well that's american greatness poll and the new hampshire primary um trump by 45 according to rasmussen desantis has not announced yet correct that's still they've a got, key they've got trump 62 desantis 17 pence haley ramaswamy Tim Scott, Elder Christie, Hutchinson, all and Sununu, all in sing, uh, Sununu didn't get a single percentage point, all in single digits. So the point is, there's a long way to go, but now yes. we're really starting to see this. Th- what we talked about being a shadow campaign, it's no longer a shadow campaign. No, it's, it, yeah. it is a campaign now, and it is on. You've seen never back down commercials in South Carolina. It is. It is on. Yeah. Between these two, and mm-hmm. and all credit and all respect to go- former Governor Haley, Senator Scott, yeah. uh, former Vice VP President. Pence, I, I I get all of that. But as of right now, until something changes, it's a two because Ron DeSantis is about to enter in next week. It's the heavyweight fight. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's Ali Frazier. It is it is on. Who? Which one's Frazier? Nah, oh, never oh, mind. Oh, no, oh, no. Frazier's 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 DeSantis. There's okay, no question. All right. So. What we have to do is follow this closely. As Christians, here's your biblical worldview for the day. As Christians, we don't pledge our allegiance ultimately to a candidate, to a president, to a king, or to a country. Earthly king, right? Yep. Our allegiance is in heaven. Paul says that one day we will we will leave our tent, as he calls it, right? Our citizenship is in heaven. However, we are, according to Romans 13, to be informed and engaged in what's going on. During this primary season that is really going to heat up, and we're hoping that over the course of the next several months, we'll be having multiple uh, conservative presidential candidates because there's not very many that would join us from the other side, I don't think. If, and if they want to join and us, if they want to join us too, Bobby Kennedy, we'd love to have you. We'd love to talk about your dad. President Biden, so, President, we'd love to have you come on to our podcast. Governor Zippity Doodah. So Marianne Williamson too. Governor I'd like to interview Newsom? her. So Governor Newsom's not running yet. So he's gonna be the <clears throat> he's gonna be the VP pick that's appointed by Kamala should they win again. <clears throat> so we were gonna try to have them on here because these are the conversations that need to be had. And specifically when you're monitoring these conversations and you're monitoring these interviews, I w- I encourage you to think about where they stand on the issues that you care most about and that Protect your family. Again, we're not talking about tax policy. While it's important, 
And typically it's true that when a conservative gets into office, your tax rates are lower and the country's safer and the border's more secure and things are cheaper. That's typically true. And when the other side's in, prices are higher, inflation is higher, the border's less secure. And, and all that's true. But we're, but we're really talking about where do they stand on issues that are important that we've talked about today, these slippery slope issues. You need somebody from the bully pulpit of the presidency mm-hmm. to push back yeah. against these things, push back against these ideologies. We've gone too long on a Friday, but I think this is a conversation worth having. Yeah, Make sure to follow along with us next week. We've got multiple great guests joining us. We have some of the ladies from the South Carolina House of Representatives that are going to be joining us yeah. for sort of a panel discussion. If you haven't had a chance to take a look at the speech by Representative Melissa Aremus of Aiken, I encourage you to do that. She'll be one of those joining us next week. We're going to have Representative Brandon Guffey and to talk about Gavin's Law. We're going to talk about his story and his effort to get this legislation through. You will not want to miss that conversation. We're looking forward to have some Senate leadership join us next week or the week after as well. So a lot is coming on the horizon here on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. If you would like to get involved with Palmetto Family, you can do that, palmettofamily.org. You can sign up for our newsletter. We send out one, two, sometimes even three or four emails to keep you updated on what's going on every single week at palmettofamily.org. Also, just, uh, just to be frank with you, I encourage you to hit that donate button. Invest yeah. in what we're doing. We can only do this as long as you are investing your time and your energy and your resources into the work that we're doing. That's right. And that in- it enables us to be able to do the work that we're doing. And so if you are pleased with the work we're doing and you want to support the work we're doing, please um, invest in the work we're doing. You can do that with a one-time donation or you can set up to have monthly recurring donations given to Palmetto Family. We encourage you to do whatever you feel like you are able to to do follow us on all of our social media facebook twitter instagram we push out action alerts there make sure you download the palmetto family council app sign up for push notifications there we send action alerts through those as well and that's how you can connect to your legislator uh whether it's a representative or your senator and you want to give a five-star rating and review and subscribe to this podcast if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube. And, of course, if you're on Facebook, share this with your friends and family. <laughs> I believe that's everything. I feel like I've just listened to the guy on Micro Machines. Probably. Do you remember, Do you remember that? A little. <laughs> yes, yes. Specifically, legal specifically, yeah, like, like yeah. the, the yeah. NL, NLMS number. For Mitch Prosser, I am Justin Hall. Thank you for joining us on this Friday. By the way, we're wrapping up recording at 10.40 a.m. on Friday, May 19th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I didn't do it off the top, and that's why this show went off the rails very quickly. (laughs) We'll be back with you next week. A lot of great content coming for you next week here on the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show. 